It didn't take much more than a bottle and two chairs to make a speakeasy. This is what Daniel Okrent said in his book, Last Call, The Rise and Fall of Prohibition. Today, join us for some stories. Get your own bottle, glass, mug, and relax. This is Speak Easily, and I'm your host, Krista Stoffer. I think that that's kind of how this started, was just... I talk yep. too much. Maybe. No, I do too. So we're gonna get. You got the gift of gas. And I did that huge speech yes. yesterday. So you did. How down. was that? Oh my God, the King Arts Complex. I mean, there were tons of people there. Like I don't know, three thousand, yeah. wow. three to four thousand people. Community leaders. And and do you get nervous in front of big crowds like that? I, I think you always get nervous till you get to the microphone and okay. you feel you have a then story to tell. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and you know. First of all, being invited yeah. was such an amazing honor. Have you done it we have the largest in the country yeah. on that day. I've given remarks there, but okay. they oh. traditionally have invited people from out of state. Uh-huh. And there's only been a couple of us who have been selected in state. Oh and so, I mean, people, st- I always judge it when people stand up and wave their napkins <laughs> and say, yes. <laughs> You take that first deep breath and say, okay, I think I'm good for another five minutes. You can do this. Right, exactly. So I'm like everybody else. I think if people say they're never nervous about doing something, something's wrong. Yes. Right. I don't care how good people think you are or how good you think you are. Uh, There's always that. I mean, it's like walking in here. It's like, okay. Were you able to eat the breakfast before? I did not. Okay. I never wow. eat. I never eat the dinner or the breakfast when I'm a keynote. Okay. Uh, did you eat after, though? Uh, several hours okay. later. Several hours. <laughs> several hours later, I did. But I don't, because I'm always afraid you're going to thump in your yeah. t- You know, there's like, okay, we're ready to go, and you're just right. eating. Or it might not sit well with yeah. you. Yeah. Uh, I, I ju- or your stomach is done like this. and mm-hmm. So I just traditionally... Don't eat the Makes meal sense. before giving a keynote. Now, if I'm keynote, just so yeah. welcome for two or three minutes, but if I'm the keynote, uh, water or hot tea yeah. is about it. Yeah. yeah. How do you this? This is like a totally weird girly question. How do you decide what to wear for something? Like that? <laughs> you know, it's really interesting because people are so judgmental. So mm-hmm. it it is important to try to figure out. Uh, I always wear a solid collar. Yeah. Because you traditionally might not know what the background is going to be. Sometimes you get a hint because you get to see the invitation or the program. So I knew that there would be a big Martin Luther King something Mm -hmm. and it might be bronze and black. So I just thought I'd go with a Baltic blue. Blue's good with hair and color and and background. So it was going to be blue or white. Yeah. Now, I have a okay. trademark that people expect me to wear red all the time because <laughs> I started out that way. Uh, so it, it's usually one of three colors. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so yesterday it was a, a Baltic, um, not bright, but yeah. a, a, a really pretty blue bold. and solid. Okay. A bold blue yeah. and that's solid. That's Yeah. That's awesome. I know that's such a girly question, but... No, no. Those are the things you... Oh, I spend hours on shoes, and (laughs) and do I just do the traditional pearl necklace, or do I do something funky? And I had something really funky and nice, but it made noise. And you never know about the mic. You know, and I'm animated. And so I didn't want all that stuff jingling. So if you just put pearls, lay down, and on my color skin, they they Mm -hmm. pop. So that was it. I had what I, I used to sing on the worship team in our church, and they started doing the filming. I had this lovely maxi skirt okay. that was like 
the chevron blue and Ooh. black and white. The guy's like, yeah, you can't wear that anymore because we're putting the words on there. And they're shaking. <laughs> oh, yeah, because you have to think about that. <laughs> Sorry. I screwed up church. <laughs> but you look pretty. <laughs> oh, thank you. I tried. But yes. So we are super excited to have you okay. here today. Congresswoman Joyce Beatty is here. We're so glad. Welcome. Welcome. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. And Timmy, you're also here with us too. So there's there's voices in the background, but he's an amazing voice. <laughs> Thank you. And this is this is our official time meeting, but we kind of met from afar back in was that December? Yes. It was early December. Yes, early December. At the uh, the Rosa Parks celebration. Is it the Rosa Parks celebration? Yes, the power of one. Power and of we one. do the program mm -hmm. for the children and the Ruby Bridges story, yeah. which is so exciting. Is cool. And you were amazing in your role. The children loved you. We loved you so much. We're hoping for 2020 <laughs> that we will have you back. <laughs> well, now that I'll have more than like four weeks with the script, that'll yes. be fine. Yes. I, I won't freak out quite as much running back. You were amazing. You were just amazing. But it, how did that start? Like, because it's been going on for what, six, seven, 15 years? 15. 15. Wow. Actually, since the day that she died. Okay. Uh, and it, it's an amazing story that yeah. I like telling because. Rosa Parks was someone that I heard my parents talk about mm -hmm. and I looked up to. Yeah. And then as an adult, I had the opportunity to meet her oh, wow. and see her. And, and you keep hearing the story, very yeah. much like the Martin Luther King mm -hmm. story and just celebrating him. Yeah. And so it was devastating to the nation. And at that time, she was the first to be able to lie in state mm -hmm. uh, after her death and all that she had done for the civil rights movement. Mm -hmm. And I was in the state house. And so oh, wow. I thought, wow, I would really like to honor her. Mm -hmm. yeah. So I wrote a piece of legislation. Mm -hmm. But then I thought, I really want the nation to know about yeah. this. And at that time, I knew she worked for a congressman, Congressman John Conyers. Mm -hmm. And I figured, oh, he'll do this federal piece yeah. of law. But he didn't. He did a resolution. And resolutions expire. Oh, and legislation lives sick. on. Yeah. And so I have to give a big shout out and thank you. I was in the House. Mm -hmm. The Senate members jumped on board cool. and Governor Taft signed it with an emergency clause. So we were able to write it, get it passed and signed into law in a, a matter of short days. Awesome. And we became the first in the country. To do that. And so each year, no matter where I am mm -hmm. as a citizen, because uh, I left office and we mm -hmm. still did it. Yeah. I went to The Ohio State and right. we still did the program mm -hmm. and now here in Congress. So our community has wrapped their arms around mm -hmm. this and The Ohio State University and the Central Ohio Transit Authority mm -hmm. uh, became partners. Yeah. CODA and I started it in early years and now we plan it every year. It's a two day event. Yes. The night before, there's a huge community conversation. At the Fawcett, right? At the Fawcett okay. Center. For the last couple of years, we've done it at COSI and mm. the Ohio Connections. Mm -hmm. And we have about four or 500 people from the community. It's all free mm -hmm. to the constituents and community. Mm -hmm. And they come in. Very diverse group of individuals come in. Yeah. And we have a community conversation. We invite members of Congress to come. This year, we had Congresswoman Brenda. 
Linda Lawrence, who mm-hmm. is the member of the district that Rosa Parks lived in. Oh, wow. uh, we've had John Conyers himself yeah. come and participate. Awesome. Uh, the well-known now Congressman Hakeem Jeffries from New York mm-hmm. has participated, yeah. as well as local people. We right. had Professor Vincine Verdun to come this year, who's mm-hmm. a professor uh, at the law school at The Ohio State. Oh, wow. Um, university. So there's been just a whole host of local people yeah. who've come and participated. We've had a young student who was head of the NAACP year mm-hmm. before last, and, and she was strong and powerful Beautiful. and brought it. So yeah. we do that, and then we go live on public uh, education yes, TV and, and broadcast <laughs> it. That, was, that might have been the scariest part. Yes. And then we get ready next morning with you uh, as an actress in the Ruby Bridges story. We have some 600 third and fifth graders mm-hmm. who all month study Rosa Parks. Yep. They are so amazing to watch and they sit through the production. Yep. They even talk sometimes to you as the teacher and say thank you for for helping her. Uh, it, it is just so amazing to watch. So we're already planning so for cool. 2020. That's so cool. Yeah, it, it's cool because it teaches children, but it also teaches adults mm-hmm. that it is so important for us to have unity and to work together. And it really is yeah. the power of one. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so no matter what tagline we put with it, we always emphasize how much we can do mm-hmm. as one person. Yeah, 15 years. Yeah. That's crazy. What was so cool about the getting to do the Ruby Ruby Bridges, sometimes gets stuck in the lips. Ruby Bridges project was that you you know the story, kind of. Kind of. But you don't know the story. Exactly. And being able to tell the story was like, oh my gosh. Like, especially in the the perspective as a teacher. Absolutely. Um, and it's fun because Zuri, who played Ruby, is one of my students. So oh, I've amazing. worked with her in the past. So, you know, there's our, and, and Carson, who played the little boy, which was very funny to find out in his second year of doing it, first rehearsal, Bill Goldsmith says, wow. You had a voice change. <laughs> yes, because the children grow from years to years. And he said, um, yep. <laughs> so, and that's the, that is the challenge for them is that our little Zuri just turned 16. Carson is 15. Like, it's now amazing. I will continue to age. You to will my stay your same <laughs> teacher's age. But, but that's so amazing that you brought that up about the students. Yeah. The students in the audience. Mm-hmm have learned the Ruby Bridges story. Some of their parents weren't even born when this happened Mm -hmm. with Ruby Bridges. So sometimes the students like, my grandmother knew about it, or my mother knew about it, or no one in their whole family or neighborhood knew the Ruby Bridges story. And so this is what's so amazing that we have to protect our history Mm -hmm. because it's the foundation. And that's why we start with young children. And I love the story because children are so bright Mm -hmm. and they're unconditioned to what society has done. So they were rooting for uh, Ruby from the audience. Ruby, there's a boy. There's a boy that wants to sit next to you. (laughs) And and they get so excited. And then you have the innocence Mm -hmm. of Ruby Bridges when her mother told her Mm -hmm. that the marshals Mm-hmm. were coming to go to school with her. Mm-hmm. She had no concept of U.S. marshals, mm-hmm. as in 
law enforcement. She thought they she were, thought named they were named Marshall. And she thought yeah. maybe like twins. She said, oh, how interesting. The Marshalls are here. And both of your first John names are, are Marshall. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And she had no concept of what was going to happen to her mm-hmm. on that first day. Right. Wow. right. And so when you sit back and you think about, for me, mm-hmm. in part, that was the beauty of the story. Yeah. yeah. Here this regular little 16-year-old girl who happened to be African American mm-hmm. was being denied the right to go to school even though the Supreme Court had favored mm-hmm. in favor right. of yeah. her. Yeah. She didn't understand the danger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She was so beautifully innocent yeah. Yeah. as our children today are. Yeah. And so I thought it was important for us to invite children to not only hear the story of Rosa Parks, mm-hmm. but to hear the story of Ruby Bridges. Yeah. And it has worked. Yeah. Children, black, brown, white, mm-hmm. yellow, sit in that audience and they root for Ruby Bridges. They're so into it. They are into it, and they're like, yes, Ruby, and Mm -hmm. thank you, Ruby. And then they thank the little white boy that comes against the odds and says, I just wanted to see you and be your friend. Mm -hmm. And it also pushed scholarship against the odds. Mm -hmm. She was so talented and remarkable. So it's a story that as long as I'm around, uh, I'm going to tell that story yeah. and hopefully be able to help young children understand the beauty mm-hmm. of working together and the power of oneness. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, uh, I mean, that's so much of storytelling anyway. Is it that, is. You know, that's that's where we're drawn in and that's that's exactly. where we understand things is when somebody tells a story. Like, I, I try to make my life about telling stories. Yeah. I, I think it's so important mm-hmm. in your field and mm-hmm. Ben in, in your field that we do what we're doing today. And, and I want to thank you for doing podcasts, <laughs> not because I'm here, but because of what you just said, Krista. It's about telling stories. Yeah. It's about interviewing people and having them tell their story mm-hmm. because there's always someone out there listening right. yes. that has no idea. Mm-hmm. Somebody's right now looking up Ruby Bridges because they're saying, I didn't know this story. Someone else is thinking, wow, I too can do what Krista is doing, what Ben is doing, (laughs) or or what Joyce Beatty is doing. And and that's the beauty of us having conversations and telling our stories. So let's tell your story. <laughs> well, I, Were you from you know, I was so hoping yeah, that was your segue. Isn't I was that like, good? well, it's a good segue. It's a good segue. She led right into it. Yeah, perfect. Do you, are, were you born in Ohio? I am. I'm an Ohio girl. Okay. Uh, I was born born right down the road, not far, uh, Dayton, mm-hmm. Ohio. I was just there on Friday. Okay. <laughs> Home of Paul Lawrence Dunbar, mm-hmm. uh, noted uh, poet, the Wright Brothers. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, the list goes on. So many great folks uh, from Ohio. Mm-hmm. But I've been in Columbus uh, a long time, but my parents, um, my mother recently died, but she was still right there in Ohio. I have two sisters and lots of cousins and family members, and they're they're all in Dayton, Ohio. It's funny how we come back. They come back to Ohio. Uh Many of them have lived other places. I have a brother in Cleveland, uh, Ohio. So my story just started out as this young little girl, kind of like a Ruby Bridges uh, almost, uh, very naive uh, 
about what surrounded me, redlining and the discrimination and the things I couldn't do yeah. uh, because I had a, a mother and a grandmother and a, a father who just pushed me mm-hmm. to excel in, in school. Yeah. And so public schools, uh, I was probably of my siblings, the good sibling, you know. <laughs> we won't tell them that. <laughs> that uh, I, I didn't get in trouble and I did what my parents asked me to do because I really loved church and school. Mm -hmm. Uh, We grew up in the church. Mm -hmm. uh, Families grew up in communities, church, and and I was one of those children. And I I loved acting in school. I loved speech classes, but I also loved science and math and English. So, and I had a great life. I was a cheerleader and captain of, senior captain of cheerleading and (laughs) did all the typical things that are availed to you in public schools. And that's why I'm a big proponent now of supporting our public schools and public education. And I I went on to public universities and graduated. I first, I went to a HBC, Mm -hmm. a historically Mm -hmm. black uh, college and university uh, at Central State University Mm -hmm. in in Wilberforce. Mm -hmm. And That's, that's the other side, right? Like, you go 70. Yes, okay. exactly. This is my geography. There you go. You're, you're stretching your hands out all the, the all the way to Route 42 for those who are, are listening. It's videoed because some of my hand gestures are just a little odd. Well, I'm, I'm right with you with that. But I, I did Central State and Wright State and the University of, of Cincinnati. So I'm an Ohio girl. Yeah. And came to Columbus, I like to say, for love. My uh, now husband uh, lived here. And so I came to him at a political event. (laughs) (laughs) He was doing wonderful work with our county. And I served as a county um, CEO Mm -hmm. of a human service levy process uh, where I've always uh, loved giving back to my community and supporting those who depend on dependent on services from government and a whole range from um, MRDD to children's services to those who received Pell Grants or SNAP, uh, mm-hmm. then yep. called food stamps. Yeah. Yeah. Through our property taxes, I was over that human service levy process. And it was an amazing foundation mm-hmm. uh, for me to learn about services and needs, but it really Coupled with my family upbringing, no matter who you are, where you are, you have the responsibility to give back. So I came in this community and probably could have taken several jobs, but I chose not to. Mm -hmm. I chose to be a public servant. So I served on boards like the St. Stephen's Mm -hmm. Board, the Urban League Mm -hmm. Board, the Martin Luther King Complex Performing Mm -hmm. Arts Board, Central Ohio Breathing and Diabetes Mm -hmm. and the American Heart Association. So I just got all in Mm -hmm. with serving and going to community settlement houses and volunteering volunteering, looking out for the people, so Mm -hmm. to speak, wanting to also protect our communities, Mm -hmm. that they were safe. So that got me engaged with city political leaders and county political Mm -hmm. leaders and then eventually ran for office and won as a state rep 
took on the system because they had never had a Democrat female, black or white, brown or yellow, to ever be the leader. Mm -hmm. And so uh, against the odds, Mm -hmm. uh, I ran and I won. But I I never forgot working for the people. That's the part I like. I I am who I am. Mm -hmm. And people say, oh, you're a politician. And I am that. And I'm proud of that because I'm proud of my track record. But I'm also a public servant. I find time to do the Rosa Parks and the Ruby Bridges, and I find time to go over and volunteer and serve families who are homeless. Uh, It's not just about being elected in a leader. It's about what you also do in that same community for those individuals. And so from Dayton to here, I'm a small business owner. I like talking about that. I spent a lot of years as a consultant Mm -hmm. uh, working with not-for-profits and doing training on diversity and awareness and inclusion, Uh, going into corporate America and challenging them far before my career now and training them on you don't have enough people who are women or who are of diverse races and ethnicities or who are LGBT mm-hmm. and now Q or, or more. Uh, also working that you don't have veterans or you don't have people with disabilities. Yeah. Fighting very hard to make sure that we had regulations that people before ADA had not even thought about. Right. I'm in a wheelchair and I can't reach to open the door. And fighting to make sure that they installed doors that could open for those who were in wheelchairs. And I know a lot about that. I'm a stroke survivor. I spent time in uh, a wheelchair and can remember the day I got my electric wheelchair and thought how wonderful that I can control my my own life. So I I bring a lot to the table uh, today. For those who listen as children or young folks or more mature folks or our seniors that are saying, wow, what can I do? Mm -hmm. There is room enough for all of us to do something and be that Rosa Parks oneness. Uh, I also owned a boutique for uh, almost a decade. And I sold fun and funky clothes and (laughs) big jewelry and hats and right in the heart of downtown Columbus. Really? I planned forever. And I I wanted to do one or two things. I wanted to have a restaurant that was only open on Thursdays and called Thursdays. (laughs) (laughs) And thank goodness my family talked me out of it. Thursday's a good day. I, I thought so. I thought it was cute and clever. And then what I, would you serve? And well, that was going to be the thing. It was okay. going to be all my favorite food. Yeah. So every Thursday, you would get an option of four things. Okay. And and that's what you had to come there and eat those one of that's those it. four things. What, and and what that were your that things? was it. And so, so there were going to be fun <laughs> things and very healthy things. So at the time I was having a thought, I was a vegetarian. Okay. So there would be the Thursday's vegetarian dish. <laughs> and then everybody's not a vegetarian. Right. So there were going to be those folks who were more like pescetarians. Mm-hmm. Uh, folks like, so there would be a fish yeah. entree, okay. you know, a shrimp creole. Mm-hmm. And yeah. we'd get a res, uh, a res, uh, 
we would get a, a recipe yeah. from somebody in New Orleans or something like that. So you'd have your Creole. And then there had to be just a good old home-cooked fried chicken mm-hmm. dish with oh, collard so greens so and so yams good. and all of those oh. things. And then there was going to be Thursday Surprise. Yeah. Okay. I don't know what that was going to be. Right. <laughs> Ice cream sundae. Right, there you go. <laughs> yes. So it lost out. Okay. And we decided to go with the boutique. The day is still young. Right. Well, <laughs> so we did the boutique, uh, and I got a lot of great advice from people, and we were very, very successful in downtown partnerships. It was right there on the corner of Rich and High, mm-hmm. and so we engaged the community. Yeah. I had some students to come in and do the design work. Oh, wow. We had other students who were majoring and in design one young lady was at CCAD the arts college and she did an internship with me and did helped with the floor plan Uh, if I say so myself it was a beautiful store chandeliers and high back chairs and to get customers you should be sorry you asked me this because I love talking about this. Someone said to me with the small business, I got certified as a small business owner, which I had already been through my training company. And someone said, you only need 12 friends. And I said, what are you talking about? She said, if you have, do you have 12 friends? I said, I really believe I have 12 great friends. She said, well, at least once a month, there's 12 months. Mm -hmm. You have one of your friends host something for free in the store for a cause, you know, fighting against cancer. Mm -hmm. And you donate maybe proceeds back or you open up your stores to just a girlfriend, to women who like to shop. So we did a combination. We didn't want to lure people in for something like cancer or cardiovascular and having them shop. So we did a day with that and donated All the money that day back to the cause because I served on that board. But we brought in friends with big names, and we did it on Thursday. And we called it Thursday at the store with a friend. (laughs) And we served coffee and tea. We also served wine for those that wanted it. And we had finger foods. And people shopped. I'm pleased to say Mayor Michael Coleman. Mm-hmm. took one day and invited people in. And it was so amazing that the line wrapped around the mm-hmm. store and we actually sold out oh of gosh. all the items. We did women in law mm-hmm. and the bar association had women come okay. in and they came in and did a short program huh. and, and then people shopped. So we did all kind of creative things that sustained us yeah. for a long time. And then we got a good reputation of being a small store, boutique, that sold very unique pieces. So was it all clothing items or accessories? Accessories. Well, we we started out, then we even sold men's shirts and jackets. Then we realized we were really too diverse in such a small space. So then we went to funky jewelry, funky jackets, and then we'd do a few tailored pieces. And then because of the Kentucky Derby, Mm -hmm. someone walked in and said, your store is so pure. Pretty, but you don't have those beautiful hats. Mm. So then we got the idea that we would, from March to the end of May, oh we would just fill up the store with all kind of big derby hats. Yeah. People would come from all over Ohio and Kentucky. Wow. Really? And Kentucky. And, and Kentucky. <laughs> right. And they were the bigger and the more 
things on it and the more expensive for some of the people because they didn't want to see their hat repeated at the Derby. Oh, and then we have Hat Day <laughs> here uh, in Columbus, Ohio, yeah. mm-hmm. that we have, oh, I don't know, more than a thousand some people to attend. We started getting a market that local people would come and buy their hat yeah. from our our store or my store mm-hmm. for hat day. Yeah. And we had a couple of the people who were featured in the Columbus Dispatch <laughs> for various reasons. And it was so amazing. Two years in a row, uh, the person said, and my hat comes from Joyce nice. Beatty's store. And it was okay. called Pieces for Wear. Interesting. Because we had a piece of this and yes, a piece of that. I like that. How many years yeah. did you do that? Oh, we had the store until I went to Congress. Okay. So I would say probably for close to seven or eight, ten years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just short of a decade. Huh. Awesome. Where did you find the pieces? Were they just from all over? Local they were. People, we or? we use local vendors, mm-hmm. uh, local people who were manufacturers of jewelry. Mm-hmm. We would go to New York. We got really active with different groups who support small boutique owners. Mm-hmm. And I would fly and do the shows that were in Chicago and New York and the Magic Show in Las Vegas, oh Javits, where mm-hmm. we would be there and there would be buyers from Nordstrom's in Macy's. We couldn't compete with right. them, yeah. but it was amazing. They would sit first chair, that I would sit third chair. That's really called standing and jumping up in the back. <laughs> <laughs> As people would bring out what was latest uh, in uh, fashion wear, yeah. and then we would bid on those things to see Crazy if we industry. could get pieces uh, that would come to our store. But probably the the really good thing about it was I met a lot of different people and a lot of different women mm-hmm. who reached out and helped me so much as one day we were having coffee in the morning before the show started and we were sitting outside watching all the fanfare go in and we had something in common. We were small business owners and we didn't have enough capital and we didn't have enough space to do a line of shoes or a full handbag line with mm-hmm. 50 hands bags. Mm-hmm. And so we pulled together yeah. and decided that if we formed together, we could help each other. We were from all different regions of mm-hmm. the country. Mm-hmm. And so I had a lot of women out there, if they're listening today and we've lost connection, that I want to say thank you because mm-hmm. you helped a new small business owner grow. Yeah. And you know why that's so important? It helped the economy. Mm-hmm. There were people who would come in and help me as a business, but, you know, they would pay taxes on the things that they bought, and I would turn those monies mm-hmm. back into the state. Mm-hmm. So I was an mm-hmm. entrepreneur and still consider myself a small business owner and entrepreneur because maybe, maybe <laughs> I could just go back and there could be a pieces number two at some point. There With the restaurant Thursdays. <laughs> 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 That's amazing. Would you... Would you ever go back? I mean, if you had the opportunity to open another small business, would you do that? It was probably one of my most unique and personally rewarding 
I didn't look at it as a job, although it was. uh, But it was something I thoroughly enjoyed because I totally controlled it. And here Mm -hmm. was what was so much fun about it. I remember this like yesterday. The front of the store is all glass. And, mm-hmm. and right now they're building a, a condominium on that, that corner. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it was all glass on the high street, which is a major street mm-hmm. downtown. Yeah. It sits catty corner to where the uh, Westin, the old Sutherland Hotel, mm-hmm. the Westin, oh, yeah. and the... City Center Mall. Right now, it's a beautiful park. used to sit there. And so the bus stop was right there. Mm -hmm. And I would be in there at 7 and 8 o'clock with the bright lights on the window, decorating it. And the bus drivers would toot their horn because people (laughs) on the bus were saying, it's so beautiful. So one day, the guy, I went outside, and he was at the red light, and he says, everybody on the bus loves you, and they love the store. That's awesome. So they would go by watching me and looking forward to see what bright colors. So in April one day, we brought umbrellas, and we covered the whole window (laughs) with Mm -hmm. umbrellas and snowflakes coming oh down on it's it. Ohio. Yeah. And, and, and just odd things. Or we would put all hats in the window. Yeah. And I got to do that myself. I got to think about what people wanted. Mm-hmm. And I got, I was able to do that and, and to give back. We would invite children in the store. We would take all of the furniture and racks out of the store and let small not-for-profits have a Saturday morning coffee meeting mm-hmm. there. That's cool. And so it, it was cool. Yeah. yeah. So would I ever like to do that cool thing again? <laughs> yes. yes. And maybe I would name it Thursdays. <laughs> I'll be there opening day. There you go. There you go. That's so much fun. So what, I mean, we, we your educational journey kind of led yes. you lots of different places. It, so. it really did. I was a non-traditional student in the sense that I didn't really know what I wanted to major. And, you know, there were people growing up with me and in college, and they were like, I want to be a lawyer. I want to be a social worker. Uh, I want to be a doctor or a nurse or or a scientist. I I was very eclectic. I I knew I wanted to do something with people. Initially, I can remember because— you're a freshman in college, and you have to declare something. Yes. So I thought for me, I said, I want to be a psychiatrist. Oh, wow. I want to study people. Yeah. Oh, oh wow. Yeah. <laughs> when I got my first class <laughs> list of all the science classes, the second year, I was saying a lot of, oh, wow. <laughs> uh, I was holding on. But I also knew I wanted to be in a sorority, and yeah. I, I wanted to write for the school mm-hmm. college paper. And I could not just be in the library a hours and that's what it was taking for me to maintain getting an A or at least a B to keep scholarships Mm -hmm. and money. So I decided I'd go from psychiatrist to psychologist because I didn't have to take as much science. And then, you know, I'm 17, 18 years old. I wasn't realizing the medical school and the expense and all of the time. So I I became very comfortable with taking a, a lot of speech and, and being radio classes. I even <laughs> yeah. got an FCC license oh, wow. along nice. the way. And 
Wow. Uh, held a camera and took all kinds of classes because I wanted to be telling stories and being out front with delivering for the people. Yeah. So that and staying true to my clinical experience and then going on at Wright State and getting a master's and getting a scholarship to go to UC for a doctoral program, mm-hmm. I was able to get certified and licensed where I could do practice yeah. in counseling and okay. therapy. Yeah. And so I, I fulfilled that dream in mm-hmm. that way of getting that license and license and actually doing it. And then I decided it wasn't me. Mm-hmm. But the skill sets were good yeah. for me to interact with people. Good for me to go back and fight and do advocacy work Mm -hmm. and administrative work because I've always wanted to be where at least... I thought I had a little bit of control mm-hmm. in say. Yeah. So yeah. so being an administrator and getting involved in county government allowed me to be in control of at least speaking up right. for the people. Right. Yeah. So I did that for several years in that county role. Mm-hmm. And then I came here and I did the standing up for people and the giving back Mm -hmm. through all of my volunteer work right Mm -hmm. here in in this community. And then the business, Mm -hmm. again, training and going in and working with not-for-profits and helping them and then getting involved with the public housing authority and being a consultant and helping relocate people and putting them in safe and healthy housing um, locations and venues. Yeah. So I was I was really doing what I was trained in, but fulfilling something internally for me. And then there was the political side, Mm -hmm. always involved in community politics, church politics, Mm -hmm. work politics. And then I ran for office and won. Mm-hmm. And and I stayed there through my four terms that's allowed. Yeah. Many then go from one side back and I decided I didn't want to be a career politician. Mm-hmm. I, I wanted to be good. I wanted to be the leader. I wanted to set the mark that young girls, mm-hmm. especially young girls yeah. and especially young girls of color mm-hmm. could look at me and say they, too, could do awesome. that. Mm-hmm. So that's why I left and took a job at the Ohio State University continue with my store being opened. And then the community came to me and said, there's an opportunity to send someone like you Mm -hmm. to Congress. Was that scary? It was very scary. (laughs) It was very scary because I had been out there in the academic arena, Mm -hmm. doing my thing as a small business owner. But it was a need that not only this district in Ohio, America needed to see Mm -hmm. that a minority and a female who came from humble beings, but who stayed here fighting for the people, could have an opportunity. So the opportunity was not that I won. Mm -hmm. The opportunity was that the community leaders and regular folks in the community got together. And it wasn't just me. There were several people who were Mm -hmm. well-qualified, but they picked me. And so I felt an obligation to the community to honor that. And what was scary, the first question they asked me, would I quit my job to do it? They wanted to know I was going to be all in. And I said yes, okay. and I quit my job wow. 
and I was all in. Okay. And here was the good thing. I yeah. won. Yes. <laughs> I won. And and so it's allowed me to do a whole host of fun things, yeah. but never forgetting how I got there. Right. Yeah. And how the people helped me to, mm-hmm. to get there. Absolutely. So I consider myself very lucky and very fortunate. And I always keep that story mm-hmm. in the back of my mind because my late mother would want me to always remember what she told me. Mm. You know, it's easy to find fault. Yeah. To always find a way. Mm. And so I've, I've tried to always not just find fault, but... Yeah. To find a way and you take people along with you because mm-hmm. it's, it's always great when you have people who are smarter than you Amen. with you <laughs> and to not be afraid to do that. And, yeah. and I have great supporters and family mm-hmm. that support me unconditionally. Yeah. So I'm. So that's my story. I love it. Thank you. And you have kiddos. Well, let me just tell you, the kids I talk about every day, and everyone knows that I have two of the best and brightest and caring and endearing grandbabies that call me Grammy. Grammy. And they call me Grammy because I asked them to do that, and there is a story okay. behind All that. Right. Right before the first one was born, I was watching the Grammys on TV. And I was so enthralled and amazed at how many people around the country were watching the Grammys. Mm -hmm. And, And that's this wonderful award that's given to someone for their excellence in their area. And so I thought, I'm going to be the best Grammy gift to these, to at that time, this wonderful young girl mm-hmm. that was going to come into my life and then a grandson. And so when I sat down with them and said, I want to be called Grammy because you are my Grammy. You are the best gift that I could have. Awesome. And then I looked at them and I said, you better believe that I'm going to be the best mm-hmm. gift or Grammy. Yes. Yes. So they then said, we're Grammys to each other. Aww. So therefore, as a they? result of the Grammy, they are now five and six. Wow. And so I am their Grammy gift. Mm-hmm. But let me just tell you, they are the best yeah. gift for me. On any sad day, yeah. they light up my life. Is it different being a grandparent versus a parent? Oh, oh, yes. You ask any parent out there, any parent out there like me as parent, as uh, an adopted parent, a step parent, a godparent, there is nothing like the grandparent part. Uh, because you get to spoil them and cuddle them, and you get to send them home and give them back. (laughs) And parents parents hate that, and so that's your get back at them. We don't hate it. We don't hate it, but... It just maybe a little less sugar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now I try. Less, I yeah. try to be a very healthy and good, good yes. grandparent. Yeah. Now I. I am. Yeah. Uh, I break the rules every well, once in a while. You're, you're supposed to. You're right. Grammy. But That's but I. Job. I am very good about wanting to keep them healthy and wow. uh, keep them uh, energized. And plus, at their age, they have plenty of uh-huh. natural mm-hmm. energy. Yes, they do. And creativity. Yeah. Yeah. I think that is the thing that amazes us now. 
their young minds are brilliant. Mm-hmm. My yeah. grandbabies, if I can't do something on the phone, <laughs> the, I'll, I'll be like yeah. looking like I'm struggling. I said, oh, I can't find it. They'll say, oh, Grammy, Just get here. <laughs> and then they'll say, here it is. Here it is, Grammy. Here's the YouTube. Oh, Grammy, you're looking for the picture we took yesterday. Oh, here, Grammy. Here. Those little fingers can push around. But here's the amazing thing. When they first did it, I thought, oh, God, they're going to break my phone. And then she turned the phone around, and it was exactly what I was looking for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was the photo. Yeah. And then she'll say, well, do you remember this one? And she'll go back and hit that photo, and there will be a photo of the two of us or the three of us or yeah. the ten of us. Amazing. That's awesome. Yes. It's that such a awesome. different, I think about it sometimes because we struggle. Mine are, are 12 and almost 9. Okay. <clears throat> it's fun. <laughs> uh, but the the idea of all of the technology, which is yes. hard for me because it's like, no, 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 that's not, yes. that's not how I was raised. Right. But it, it's this acceptance of, like, this is where we're going. Oh, it's, it's how their school curriculums yes. are. Yeah. It's yeah. it's how they learn mm-hmm. and achieve. There are so many programs and videos that are academic mm-hmm. yeah. to them. And the association uh, is amazing. My grandson will tell you on any day that he can be an astronaut. And then he'll start telling you, you know, when he first told me he really loved Thomas the Train, mm-hmm. I had no idea what or who Thomas the Train was. <laughs> so wanting to be the cool grandmother yes. or Grammy that I am, I started looking up Tommy the Train and went out and bought the... They're talking about combustion. Mm-hmm. They have the conductor that's taking mm-hmm. them to parts of of the world that are amazing places and they're learning about so many adult types Mm -hmm. of things and all these trains identify with something in the real adult world Mm -hmm. and my at that time three-year-old grandson could tell you about combustion and anything because he was learning it through Thomas the Train. Mm -hmm. Amazing. I watched it and I have learned so much about ice and you learn about climate change Mm -hmm. and the weather. And it's all through Thomas the Train. Yeah. Yeah. But again, it goes back to the storytelling. Exactly. We're doing we're doing Schoolhouse Rock. Yeah. Students, I'm directing that right now. And they don't they don't know what it is, but I started talking about it rehearsal was like well, this is how I learned the multiples of three, and this is how I learned conjunction, and this is how I... Exactly. But it is. It's that, exactly. oh, there's a story behind it. That their language skills, their mathematical yeah. skills are amazing. The things that uh, my granddaughter, who is, and I'm biased, but she is naturally uh, gifted. She is just, they they are both extremely talented, Mm -hmm. but like most children, they are as different as night and day. But both of their skill sets and behaviors are just amazing Mm -hmm. to me. And it's done through... Certainly a, a lot differently than when you and I were coming yeah. uh, up, or even Timmy. Mm-hmm. I mean, the four- and five-year-olds or the 12- or nine-year-olds today are different than the 25-year-old and 35-year-olds yeah. are. Completely. Yes. It's amazing. So I challenge all the young folks listening. (laughs) The give back for them is to go out and compete with those five and Mm nine-year-olds. And I can tell you it's scary. Mm -hmm. And let me tell you why I know. This is so funny. (laughs) I just thought of this. Part of my story I didn't tell. 
I mean, I, I thought I was pretty cool with the students and everything. And, and I thought, you know, I, I can do most of the things that uh, young folks do. And so I took the third grade proficiency test. I signed up for it. I mean, I mean, it's the third grade yeah. proficiency test, right? How hard can it be? That's exactly what I thought. Well, let me answer that. It could be hard. <laughs> it could be hard. I figured it would be. <laughs> there, there were things that I don't remember oh yeah. Uh, yeah. that we had in the third grade yeah. or, differently, what they have in the third grade uh -huh. now. Yeah. And what was so amazing, all the things that I now go back and tell, get a good night's rest, uh -huh. Look at your paper. Don't get nervous when the person next to you is working ahead right. of you. I start seeing the young people being ahead of me. I start <laughs> rushing. Like, oh, but it no, did have did. a good ending. <laughs> I scored exceptional. <laughs> but I was actually nervous and scared at the time yeah. I was taking all the things that children go through. Back. I really experienced as well. And yeah. so it, it's that, or having young college students around me and deciding that they're going to ask me, do you know who Kiki is, when they were doing the Kiki dance oh, yeah. challenge. Mm -hmm. And I had enough nerve to get out there and do <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. And then the good thing is, it doesn't matter who we are. Mm -hmm. As long as we're engaged with yeah. everyone, we still get to be our oneness. Right. But it's about uniting with people who are different mm -hmm. or the same. Yeah. And that's part of the story I just wanted to add, yeah. Yeah. that when we were talking about children, it, mm -hmm. it's so important for us to know that we all have a foundation somewhere. Right. And it all started at different places. Mm -hmm. But if we could build on those foundations today yeah. and we could unite, no matter what our backgrounds or our interests are, there's enough room for all of us. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's my story. I like that. Thank you. This is a weird question. Um, I mean, there are no weird questions, I guess. Is there a typical day that you have? <laughs> uh, that's an easy answer. No. Okay. Uh, days start out typically, maybe, if, if I'm in Washington, it's typical because you get up and you get ready to leave to go to the Capitol. I'm up about 6 o'clock, 6.30 every day, no matter do you, what. Do you have a, a place that you live? Yes. Okay, uh, so you, I, okay. I live close to the hill okay. uh, through a lot of trial and errors. I've yeah. moved three times <laughs> okay. uh, because it's important, I think, to be close to the hill because sometimes, you know, we're voting at 1 o'clock in the morning or 2 o'clock in the afternoon and invariably you may leave something or want to go back home and pick up something or mm -hmm. make a wardrobe change yeah. for some reason. Yeah. And so I, I live on what they call the hill okay. in a very small box, as I like to say, <laughs> a very small um, apartment. Yeah. And it, it's, it's exciting to be there because it is different every day. Okay. Yeah. And, and I think it's important to have some experience to know what you're fighting for. Yeah. So for me, I was able to bring a collection of experience and the community, mm -hmm. I believe, with me yeah. because of all the service in the community and the right. giving back and the advocating. But you you don't control a lot in mm. your first, second, third, or, or fourth term. Yeah. Keep in mind, we're just in the majority, and that's different than when you're in the minority. Mm -hmm. 
and each day is different, and I think I like that. Yeah. The, the consistency is you're going to vote on the House floor at some time. You may not know right. the exact time. Yeah. You know you're going to sit in committee meetings for hours on top of hours. Mm -hmm. You know that you're going to meet with constituents. So mm -hmm. there is this skeleton, I like to yeah. say, but you don't know what time or what day yeah. or if I get to my office and there are 52 people there and, you know, I have all about nine chairs in my office and you're taking meetings in the Capitol halls, you're taking them outside a hearing room. Mm -hmm. And that's the excitement yeah. of hearing from constituents mm -hmm. and constituents come in all forms. Yeah. And, yeah. and yeah. so I believe you have to meet with all constituents right. to hear that many constituents, we don't agree mm -hmm. on everything. And, yeah. and I tell them that's okay. That's okay. And then you have your district office and a campaign office and diverse group of people that uh, want to write to you about city issues and county issues. And I tell them that's okay. Mm -hmm. And we explain the difference. We do a right. lot of educating. We do a lot with you. We talked about young yeah. folks. I love when the eighth graders come mm -hmm. and they come. We're here to study government. Yeah. And I take more pictures. Uh, <laughs> one of the presidential candidates, I think it's candidate uh, Elizabeth Warren, talks about her thousands of selfies. I started to write to her and said, I believe I can beat you out on the selfies. Because I, can help I take that. more yeah. selfies in the grocery store, in parking lots. Timmy and I will be somewhere and he'll say, I think that lady is trying to get your attention. And she'll hold her would you do? Oh, absolutely, oh, yeah. I'll Come do a selfie. So, get the angle. Yep. So, and I and I want the audience to know right now I have my phone and I'm going to get ready. a selfie with yes, you all before we, we leave. <laughs> I love it. I'm not good at taking them, though. I'm awful at okay. uh, <laughs> handling and holding it, it up. I just think my arm is longer than it is. Exactly. It's, <laughs> but it, it's a big part of my life, you know, taking selfies or, you know, I figure if someone stood in a line mm -hmm. to hear me or see me yeah. as a community activist, mm -hmm. advocate, elected official, public servant, or Grammy, yeah. uh, <laughs> then I am honored and humbled because that's part of what we do as servants. Right. Yeah. Uh, we give back, and people ask all kinds of things. I'll, I'll be in the grocery store, mm -hmm. so there's no typical day, and unfortunately, right. there's no good day, because yeah. some days is I'm off to the car wash and the pickup laundry from the cleaners, and there'll be someone in there, can I take a picture? And it's like, oh, I wasn't counting on this day. But I always find a way. Yeah to say, okay, I might say, well, give me a moment to take this hat <laughs> off. Or, but it's who I am, so we take yeah. the picture. Yeah. And and that's part of a day. And then there's the academic part, where mm -hmm. you're writing bills and you're reading hundreds and hundreds of pages of legislation or emails or texts or letters yeah. uh, from constituents that you love and right. some that are heart-throbbing and some that are telling you they didn't like your vote on something. Yeah. And, and that's, that's okay because that's a part of it. Right. Yeah. You know, when you have 800 and some thousand people in your district, on any given day, I'm making a whole lot of people happy. Mm -hmm. And then there's that day that someone maybe didn't like the vote yeah. that you took for the other 800 and some right. thousand people or 500,000 that yeah. wanted you to do it. So tough decisions every day. It's got to be exhausting. Like, do you sleep well at night? <laughs> well, I don't require a lot of 
sleep. I was and and that's something my staff, you know, I'll, I'll tell them, <laughs> cut your phone off in the middle of the night because I may be sending you a text at 3 o'clock yeah. for the next day. Yeah. And at first, new staff would think, do I really have to answer her? And the answer is no. But there are many days that uh, from 3 to 5 in the morning, uh, wow. I'll get a great idea, and I'm working. Wow. Uh, so luckily, I have a high metabolism rate <laughs> that uh, I don't advocate this to anyone. Get, get your eight hours or ten hours or whatever uh, is best for you. Eight hours. Sounds uh, awesome. It sounds awesome. Oh, it is. <laughs> I mean, I'm happy when I have a five-hour mm-hmm. night. Oh, yeah. me too. And I can survive on a three- or four-hour. Mm-hmm. Yes. Do you sleep on planes? Uh, well, you want to, but here's the thing. I, I need to get those new earplugs oh, because yeah. I thought all of these elected officials who had the earplugs in because it was a cool thing to do, they say it prevents people from talking to you while you're on the flight. Uh, as you know by now, uh-huh. uh, I love to talk. No, no, I'm so I spend uh, a lot of time on the plane talking to people. Yeah. When people get on the plane, they say, oh, my God, that's a congressperson or my congressperson mm-hmm. or that's Joyce Beatty. Yeah. Yeah. Then I, when they want to come up and ask me a question I try to accommodate that yeah. it's another part of serving the it people is. if it makes you feel better I talk to random people <laughs> <laughs> then I get a lot of people Krista like you coming up today I can't help it it's, if we're sitting that close I know hi. so I say hi back and, and then it starts with the small talk or yeah. they'll see a congressional pen okay. or they'll look at, I mean I didn't realize that people actually look over at what you're writing or reading or a folder, and they'll say, oh. I couldn't help but noticing that congressional seal. Are you somebody, or are you a member of Congress? And, and I'll say, like, yes, and this is a private conversation. No, <laughs> I'll just say yes, and I love serving the people. And, and then I'll try to answer question. But there are a lot of people out there who are very respectful yeah. that you sit next to, or a lot of people who don't want you talking to them. That's what I find more. Exactly. <laughs> That's why I try yeah. to read my crowd. Right, because yeah. I'm a talker, and I've sat down and just said, oh, hi, yeah. how are you? Yeah. And then they'll look like, Oh, this lady is going to be talking to me about this. So I, I try to be start respectful. start by offering a piece of gum. Okay. I feel like that's a good place to start. That's how I read my crowd. So if I say no, thank you, I'll you leave. say, absolutely. <laughs> Open with gifts. It's <laughs> a good approach. You get that love language in there. Are we a words person? Or are we a gifts person? <laughs> well, thank you for asking. Oh, my this has been so much fun. I have enjoyed it. I want to thank you and Ben you. and Timmy for allowing me to come oh my gosh, and thank call you. me back. You have a beautiful venue thank you. with a whole host of services. Thank and you. so I'm just glad that yeah. I'm here. And I'm going to say, as I hold this up, <laughs> you'll see me back again, Boxland Good. Media. Well, and, well, and you. you will... Unless Bill fires me, you'll see me on the stage next year. Okay, well, we're going to tell Bill, Bill that would not be a good thing. He's been on here, too, so well, he, good. he'll be listening. All right. So. Well, yeah. Bill, we love her in her role as the teacher. Hire me, Bill. <laughs> now we need to tag. I can't yeah, tell you that, well. Bill, but I can tell you she's great at what uh, she does. I love what I do. I'm very blessed. And to, thank to you. Doing and thank yeah. you to everyone who's listening to us. I've enjoyed it. Thank and you. I enjoy telling my story. Well, come on and do it anytime. I will. You know, thank you. Thanks. Thanks, Timmy. Thank you. <laughs> you want to sign off? Sure. Okay. If you like what you hear, uh, please uh, <laughs> like and subscribe on uh, Facebook and wherever else you can find our show. Uh, if you have questions, comments, suggestions, anything like that, hit us up on Facebook. That's kind of our primary landing page for all things. Uh, 
related to our show. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. And if you, uh, also, sharing is caring. Sharing so a, is caring. Sharing is caring. And We need a theme song, I think. The sharing is caring theme song? Sharing is caring. pretty sure we'll have some rights issues on that one. No, I just wrote it. It's all set. Wow. I just did it. There you have it. Yep. So watch out for the basalt zombies. We'll see you next time, gang. Thank you. Bye.